Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. I am uh, Bruce Hooley, and back with us after uh, Friday away, Thursday away, is uh, my partner Andy Anders. Hello, Andy. Uh, are you? Uh, are your mic on, my friend? Glad there to be go. back. There we go. Uh, Andy was away on Thursday getting a haircut. Apparently, looking yeah. good, looking sharp, looking Thank ready you. for the season. Thank you. I'm ready. I'm ready for football to be back. You got the uh, two a day haircut from your uh, days of high school football. Got to get it cut short. Got to get it cut short because you're going to be out there, going to be sweating, going to be working hard. We hope our Big Ten football teams, Andy, are out there sweating and working hard soon. We're waiting. We have a schedule? No, we thought we'd have one on Thursday or apparently, Friday or Saturday. We don't. Apparently coming soon, and it does not guarantee a season, according to the Big Ten's release. <laughs> what? A schedule doesn't guarantee a season? We've had schedule for 2020 since when? Like 2014? Yeah, then about. we amended it with no non-conference games. So I think we all know that a schedule doesn't guarantee a season. Right, but the Big Ten needs to make sure we're aware of that. <laughs> yes, they did. In a letter Thursday to uh, all their athletic directors, they went through and said all the things that you would anticipate that uh, a letter from the conference would say, safety first, schedule doesn't guarantee a season, hoping for the best. Monitoring everything, testing, protocols, this, that, the other. Cross all our fingers and toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll see what we'll see. Uh, We want to welcome you via the Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. Andy and I with you every Monday and Thursday at 10 a.m. live in the East. You can find the replay on the Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. Go to LandryFootball.com for all the podcasts on all the leagues. We have... uh, our friends from the Big 12 following us next at uh, 11 o'clock Eastern Time. Their podcast is entitled In Defense of the Big 12. Get it? There's yeah. no defense in the Big 12? We uh, we know that all too well. Yes, we do. At least that's what we say in the Big 10. Yes. SEC Gumbo, our ACC, ACC show, easy for me to say. We have more shows coming this week. Fantasy shows, film breakdown shows, recruiting shows, high school football shows, NFL shows, Chris Landry football Twitch channel, LandryFootball.com is your landing spot. And if you don't know Chris Landry, well, where you been, college football fans and NFL fans? Because Chris Landry has a great background as a coach at LSU, as a coach in the NFL with Bill Belichick. That's street cred, right? Absolutely. That's serious street cred. So LandryFootball.com, your landing spot for all things football. And Twitch, delving into the sports realm. Twitch had a big opening week of sports programming. We're happy and pleased to be a part of that, and we hope that you'll make us a regular part of your routine here on the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. 
All right, Andy. We take each other's temperature every week, not for COVID, but whether we're going to have Big Ten football or not. More optimistic or less optimistic than you were a week ago? I'd very slightly more optimistic. Wow. It's just you, you keep getting the same old we don't know statements from yeah. everywhere. Uh, the Pac-12 thing, which we'll get into a little later, mm-hmm. obviously a little bit discouraging there. I don't, I don't know if we'll see something similar from the Big Ten, but obviously there's player concern about safety on top of the administration concern about mm-hmm. safety. Um, I think the fact that they're releasing schedules and making plans for a season is a good sign, even if they say it doesn't guarantee a season. They're at least preparing and trying and doing everything they can to have one. And now all the conferences, I think, basically, except is is it the uh, Big 12 that still hasn't announced conference only? I believe you're correct on yeah, that. Okay. Yes. Because the SEC just announced conference yep. only. Um, and the ACC was conference plus one, trying to maintain the rivalry games with the SEC, who went conference only, and now those rivalry games aren't protected. But um, I'm a slightly more optimistic wow. than I was Last week, very, very slightly. What do you think? Bruce? I am slightly less optimistic, and I blame all you slackers in the Pac-12. Our friends Brad Restituto, Jonathan Rifkin, Jordan Brenner on Pack Rap. We'll be talking about that this week, I'm sure. Uh, but in our "you can't handle the truth" moment, maybe the whole Pac-12 story is not as big a story as everybody kind of thinks it is. But the fact that players are pushing back, and we had the young man from Michigan State last week say, "Ah, how are we going to play a season here? More players protesting the idea of playing a season gives more ammunition to what I gather is a bunch of uh, college football writers who seem to be, I don't know, perhaps personally leery of covering the sport because I'm surprised the number of guys and and ladies who cover the sport who are putting out what appear to me to be opinionated pieces on the lack of safety of playing a college football season. That's been one of the most shocking things for me throughout this whole thing. You know, I'm I'm someone looking for jobs right now. Yeah. covering college football and I'm in this mode where I'm like, why would anyone write a story? You know, obviously you cover the news, what's happening? But why would anyone write a column or an opinion piece about why we shouldn't be playing? I mean, it's with all that's uncertain, I really can't state one way or the other necessarily. And why are you pushing not to have a season when it could literally cost your industry just like huge? It could be I might not have a job in the future if we don't have a season. Well, I think you'll have a lot of company. Uh, in that because, let's just face it, the newspaper industry is not exactly flourishing. Television stations are going to uh, have already dramatically reduced the number of people working in their sports department. Uh, We got most sports anchors now shoot their own stuff. They don't have a dedicated photographer. And we're not about trying to, like, you know, ignore the inherent danger of a virus that has claimed, you know, thousands and thousands of lives. I just don't see in the reporting of the the thoughts on college football any presentation of the data that suggests young people are not nearly as at risk as elderly people and people who are immunocompromised. I saw a number yesterday that if you were to remove 
the deaths from COVID in nursing homes. That's certainly not to say, just don't qualify it because people get wigged out. Oh, they're insignificant. No, I'm not saying they're insignificant. I'm saying if you're in a nursing home, you're elderly, right? Okay. You're not playing college football. You're not playing college football. You're not an elite athlete. So if you remove the number of deaths from nursing homes in six states, not even all states, but in six states, New York, uh, New Jersey, I almost said Rutgers, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, Massachusetts, Michigan, maybe it was five states, then the numbers of casualties from COVID is equal to a flu season. Now, any life lost is tragic, and no one likes to see anyone die even during flu season. But we don't debate the merits of having a college football season or having kids in school during even a very virulent flu season. So I think um, we can play a season. I think we're going to have kids get sick, but most of the people are asymptomatic, and then yet I see stories that go, oh, you got to watch out. The most dangerous people are the asymptomatic people. Yes. So there are people who feel okay. They're the most dangerous. I feel good. Maybe I'm dangerous, Andy. <laughs> I woke up this morning feeling dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you. Baker Mayfield line there. Classic. There we go. Um, let me soft pitch this scenario too. Do you okay. think we could see a season where certain conferences don't play? Yeah, I what think if we Pac-12 could. Twelve boycotts this. Yeah, these players. This players' union turns out to be a really legit thing. Mm. Not you. I'm. Shouldn't say union necessarily. But yeah, but they're protests. They're they're banding together. They're banding in whatever together. form. Banding together to boycott the season mm-hmm. if they don't get, you know, their list of demands met. So, um, I I think you could probably see a season where the Pac-12 just doesn't play, and you know they're going to lose out on the college football playoff revenue if that happens. Because we've talked about it before. There's no central governing body for nope. NCAA, so you could very conceivably see, I think one power conference or the other decide not to play, and then others do. Well, let's talk about that Pac-12 just for a second because, you know, very often we see at bowl season a Pac-12 Big Ten matchup in the Rose Bowl. It's not as guaranteed as it used to be in the days before we started having a playoff of some sort. But still, let's look. Arizona, supposedly a hotspot. California, very big hotspot. California, really liberal state. Cal was the the program in the Pac-12 that sort of started this thing. Uh, Washington, Seattle is one of the most uh, active cities in the protest movement. Oregon, Portland. You know, so if you're looking at mindset in the geographic locations where Pac-12 schools are located, you get two schools in the state of Washington, you get two in the state of Arizona, you have... Cal, UCLA, USC, Stanford. Am I missing anybody else in California? There's four there. San Jose State. Well, they're not in the Pac-12, but there's eight. Then you add Arizona, Arizona State. That's 10 of your 12 schools in the Pac-12. Colorado, and I'm blanking on who the other one is, but there's at least 10 of your 12 schools are in states where the, the, the leanings are anti-resumption of activity. So I think, yes, the answer to your question is yes. We could have a season where four of the five power five leagues play. I'm less optimistic today to get back to our original comment. I'm less optimistic this week than I was last week, but we'll see. Now, not always, Andy. When when players get together, is the news bad or threatening? Sometimes it's good. For instance, if you would like to contribute to ALS Research, Then mark your calendars for this Sunday at noon, and this is virtual. You can do this online. 
Uh, it is called the Legends of Ohio State Football ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Look at that lineup. Look at this lineup. Urban Meyer, Jim Tressel, John Cooper. Uh, this guy from comes from the Wayback Machine, but he, he played for Woody Hayes, Greg Lashutka, and Greg was the mayor of Columbus years ago. He's representing the late Woody Hayes, the late Earl Bruce, and the MC is Chris Spielman. College Football Hall of Famer, two-time All-American at Ohio State, longtime linebacker in the NFL, cancer uh, fundraising advocate, and uh, NFL analyst on Fox. So you can go to uh, OSU Ice Bucket Challenge. Just Google that, and you'll find it. Donate, create a world without ALS. That's um, a cause that is uh, precious to us here in Columbus, Ohio, because former Buckeye, former Detroit Lion William White, uh, whose son Brendan was the Rose Bowl MVP two years ago, has transferred from Ohio State to Rutgers. William White, the father of Brendan White, William is afflicted with ALS, and he is attacking it. I hate to say, I hate to give a Michigan phrase for a guy from Ohio State, but he is attacking ALS with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Yeah, he he's really fighting that thing. Very, very inspirational story, William White, and your opportunity to watch. So, am I to believe, Andy, that all these dignitaries? are going to take a bucket of ice water on the head That's on Sunday? I mean, that's what they've pledged, that's what I. That's what I would expect. Urban Meyer, Jim Tressel, John Cooper. There ought to be a lot of people in the state of Michigan that would want to give money to uh, the man who killed the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry, <laughs> Jim Tressel, and the man who beat a dead horse already dead, Urban Meyer, by beating Michigan seven times. All that ice. 17 of the last 18 Ohio State Big Ten, uh, Ohio State Michigan games have gone to Ohio State. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Unprecedented. Oh, my goodness. So, Michigan, you can't beat Ohio State on the field, but hey, you can dump a bucket of ice on their head, which, you know, I mean, you got to settle for what you can settle for, correct? It's about the small victories in life. <laughs> it's about the small victories in life, he said. Uh, here's your lineup on the uh, Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. Uh, the SEC Gumbo Show with Blake Rafino and Doobie Lane, ACC Tailgate, in defense of the Big 12. That follows us top of the hour. The Sports Web Pro Football Talk Show, Hard Count Football, Pack Rap, Fantasy Football, Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football, Everything Fantasy. What about recruiting? We got Just Recruiting with Jonathan Rifkin, and we have Prep Football Friday with Jonah Malkin. So there you go. It's all there. All your blogs, all your film study, all the latest news, all the podcasts at LandryFootball.com and bookmark twitch.tv backslash Chris Landry Football. Okay, uh, let's go to a little recruiting news. You have some recruiting news involving um, a guy who's debating between Michigan and Notre Dame. Is that correct? Well, yes. Uh, kind of a bigger... We're going to touch on uh, another story involving Michigan recruiting here in a minute. Yeah. But Rocco, I wanted to bring up Rocco Spindler, who's the number three composite player in the state of Michigan in this upcoming class. Offensive guard, top 50 player in the country, decides between Michigan and Notre Dame this week. Um, regardless of who, where he goes, I mean, that would be a big get on the offensive line for Michigan if they mm-hmm. land him. It's neck and neck of them in Notre Dame. I'm not sure anyone's too certain about which one he's going to pick. But looking at Michigan's recruiting class this year in the state of Michigan, they have landed two of the top ten recruits thus far in a very deep Michigan class. I mean, you've got each of the top 11 players from Michigan are in the top 400 nationally. 
and two of them are cur- have currently selected Michigan, and they're only the favorite to land two more. Uh, they lost. That is brutal. Yeah. Two of the top ten, and you said the top. You said how many guys are in the top fifty or top one hundred? So the top eleven players in the state of Michigan are in the top four hundred recruits nationally. Okay. And then they have five that are in the top one hundred. Two of those have already committed elsewhere. One is committed to Michigan. Ouch. That's got to hurt. Okay, so Rocco Spindler. I mean, he's got to be good with a name like Rocco. <laughs> yes, big guard. Ohio State was uh, recruiting him for a while, and they're technically in the, his top five, but he's between Michigan and Notre Dame at this point. Okay, so the top player in the state of Michigan, we talked about a week ago, Damon Payne, defensive lineman. Right. And he's going to Alabama. And he's not, am I right? There's another one in the top ten going to Alabama um, from the state of Michigan? Top five, uh, LSU, Garrett Dillinger. Garrett, okay, so the SEC's coming in. But we remarked when we talked about Damon Payne's top four or five that it was odd to us that Michigan was not among them. So we did a little digging, and what we find out is not that Damon Payne had no interest in Michigan. It's that Michigan was presumed to be the front runner for Damon Payne because Damon Payne's father, huge Michigan fan, ticket holder. Always loved the maize and blue. And Michigan was right in on Damon Payne until mid-March. The pandemic hit. Damon Payne's father says they never got another phone call. They never got another text from Michigan. Now, that's weird. The best guess, and it's only a guess, because Payne's father, he told 24-7 Sports, hey, if you find out why they didn't call us, let me know. Because I don't know. So the best guess is that there's some kind of a snit between Jim Harbaugh and Jermaine Crowell, the head football coach at Belleville High School where Damon Payne played. Now this gets deeper, Andy, in that Michigan has had uh, Lavert Hill and Jordan Lewis from Belleville High School. So it's it's not like they've never gotten anybody from Belleville High School. Okay, So they got these guys. Um, Jermaine Crowell has done a great job at Belleville. I think they're 34 and three their last three years. He came to Belleville from Cass Tech. Now, Cass Tech is in the state of Michigan. That's high school football royalty. Right. So he was at Cass Tech as an assistant coach under a guy named Thomas Wilcher. Thomas Wilcher was a Michigan Wolverine, a running back who took handoffs from Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) So nobody can figure out what happened between Harbaugh and Crowell, but they just stopped sending texts, letters, and you know how recruiting is, Andy. I mean, if you don't send a love letter or a love text every day. You got to keep that. It's all about relationships. It is. You listen to any coach talk about recruiting, it's all about relationships. And, well, apparently there's a rift with an important high school coach. I. The biggest issue in the rivalry, and this is kind of agreed upon, I think, by Ohio State and Michigan fans for Michigan, is the talent gap. I mean, you can blame it. We blamed it. You blame it on some of the coaching, right? Don Brown's gotten his butt handed to him back-to-back yep. years by Ryan Day um, on the defensive side. But recruiting, if you want to address a talent gap, Ohio State is now, if not the gold standard, one of the gold standards of college football. They're right in there with Bama and Clemson. Yes, it's those three maybe Georgia a few years, yeah, yeah. also of that class. And you thought Jim Harbaugh coming to Michigan 
would be of that class. Absolutely. And Remember they had the big signing day special, signing of the stars, and he started hot. It's been a lot of loud noise. And I heard this opinion. I didn't agree with it when I heard it at first. I thought Jim Harbaugh was going to be, when he first came to Michigan, a long-time, very successful coach. It was going to be a new 10-year war and all these things. Yeah. yeah. And... It's just he, he, starting to a pattern is starting to emerge, where he was at Stanford for a while, and he left for the Niners. The Niners had some success early with San Francisco, then it faded. Organization got tired of him. It, the gimmick kind of wore off. Now he's here at Michigan, has a few years where he's hot recruiting on the trail. Everyone's excited about him, and he's new. Mm-hmm. Now we're, you know. What he's zero and four now against oh, Ohio State. Zero oh, and five. Zero oh, and five against. Yeah, Ohio don't cheat State. the man. Zero oh, and five. Zero oh, and five against Ohio State. <laughs> he's coming to Columbus this year. Five years in. Good luck with that. And you're losing the grip on one of the best Michigan classes recruiting wise that I've seen in a while. And these classes, Andy, don't come up. People know this. Who are locked in, dialed in on LandryFootball.com and elsewhere the college football sites. A recruiting class doesn't. Oh, look at that. Overnight, our classes, like now our senior classes, all of a sudden outstanding. We thought it was mediocre. You see this coming like three, four years down the road, and that's where you plant the seeds. With the early signing period, yeah, it's two or three years you're recruiting kids ahead. Ohio State just got to recruit uh, Marysville, Ohio, linebacker, number one player in the class of 2022? 2022, yeah, he's number one in the state of Ohio for 2022. So there you go. I mean, he's two years out, and they already got him committed. They've already got five commits for that class. So uh, this is a mystery to me, uh, what is going on with this particular young man, because it's not like there's a debate about whether he's a good player or not. He didn't not, Michigan didn't stop calling him, and he didn't end up signing with Slippery Rock. Number one D tackle in the country. Five star. He's a five star. Okay. His dad's a Michigan ticket holder. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. No arrests. No anything like that. Don't have any clue what's going on. But that just gives you a little bit of texture to a story that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and we thought maybe they weren't Michigan wasn't in on the kid. They were in, and then they just said bye bye. So that's uh, the latest on that situation. Now, Andy, before we get to our "You Can't Handle the Truth" segment, uh, the Heisman odds are out. It's interesting, you know, you were talking about Michigan and the talent gap, and I was sitting here thinking, well, um, at Ohio State, I'm pretty sure Josh Myers, the center, um, Wyatt Davis, the guard, Chris Olave, the wide receiver. Um, maybe um, Zach Harrison on the defensive line, certainly Sean Wade at cornerback, uh, are going to be All-America candidates this year, not to mention the quarterback, Justin Fields. I'm trying to think, like, all right, so who's Michigan's? Surefire lead pipe cinch, definitely going to be All-American. And I'm like, uh, I don't have anybody. I don't have a Devin Bush. I don't have a Jabril Peppers. I don't have anybody. I mean... Even if he came back, which he didn't, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I mean, at least he'd be a name. Um, but, Aiden Hutchison, maybe, on the defensive yeah, line. Maybe, maybe, good player. Uh, maybe Quiddy Pay. I don't know, there'll be somebody emerge, because somebody's got to emerge, and somebody's got to make tackles. Right. But they don't have, like, a half dozen guys that are on watch lists and likely to be first, second, third team All-American, which just points out... The talent gap. But Ohio State does. Penn State's got some guys like that. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, ran a poll. He's uh, legit 
well, I think it was unanimous Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year pick of the media people who pick this and the Plain Dealer surveys two guys from every Big Ten city. So, I mean, Penn State's got guys like that. Um, Journey Brown, uh, uh, Fryermuth at tight end. Penn State's got plenty of guys like that. Uh, But not so much at Michigan. So, uh, when we get to Heisman odds, uh, let me know what you got there. All right, so three Big Ten players in the top 20, and I'll save one for my you can't handle the truth later. Mm -hmm. Um, Justin Fields, actually, surprisingly, number one ahead of Trevor Lawrence, plus 350, which... um, Explain plus three fifty to me. Three point five to one, so seven to two. Okay, are okay. his odds of seven to two? All right. So seven if I bet a dollar, I win three fifty. <laughs> if he gets it, is that yeah, it? You'd win. Uh, or you'd I got three dollars and fifty cents. I got to bet three dollars and fifty cents to get a dollar, or I bet a dollar, I get three dollars and fifty cents. You bet a dollar, you get three dollars. Okay, so he's like three and a half to one, or yeah, seven to two. Okay, that I can follow. Right. Um. And you've got Sean Clifford is tw- tied for twentieth, and uh, he's the third highest Big Ten player in the Heisman odds. That's just because he's the quarterback at Penn State. Right. Um, I don't know. There's like, I think he's the third best Heisman candidate on their team. No better. <laughs> the two. He's got to be behind Parsons, and he's got to be behind Journey Brown. I think Parsons would have a better chance of winning. I would think so, too. Um, okay, so those are the two, and you're going to get to your third one. Actually, why don't we do that right now? All why don't right. we get to the segment that will allow Andy to tell you who that third guy is for uh, your Big Ten Heisman odds. You can't handle the truth. All right, Bruce. I'm going to read two stat lines to you. From Please the past do. Two seasons. So the first season, 65% completions, mm-hmm. 17 touchdowns, eight picks. Oh, that's not too bad. Season number two, 59% completions, 10 touchdowns, nine picks. Ooh. Those are the two stat lines, freshman year and then sophomore year, mm. for Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez, who debuted at 15th on the Heisman odds. What? 15th. I am I you can't handle the truth for this week because I think Adrian Martinez is the most overrated quarterback in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Well, he had his freshman year mm-hmm. had a five game run where he f- threw for 380 yards against Wisconsin, who's always got a great defense, but 57 percent completions. They threw 42 passes that game for him to get to 380 yards. Then he plays Northwestern, has a good game against a team that's known for bending but not breaking in the past. Minnesota, Bethune-Cookman, the worst Ohio State secondary I've ever seen <laughs> that year in 2018. Um, it's hard to believe, but you're not exaggerating. No, that was bad. It was terrible. I mean, they were like 80th in the country. That's just <laughs> an anomaly bad. for them. They were bad. Uh, Illinois, and that was that was the streak of games that got Adrian Martinez all this hype as a freshman. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And you look in there and you say, well, I don't... None of those really blows me. He's never done it against a great defense to me. Michigan State, the game after that streak, he completed 43% of his passes, 16 for 37. And then obviously this past year, I read you the stat line a minute ago, and in all the game, he threw three picks with no touchdowns against Ohio State, 8 for 17. I mean, Ohio State had the best, one of the best defenses in the country last yeah, year. Yeah, Jeff no Okuda doubt. got him twice in that game. Jeff Okuda, obviously. Sean Way, they, had, they were deep at corner. Um, but even against Wisconsin, he went 13 for 23. Um, he had a, what, what else is in here? He had a 56% completions against Purdue and Iowa. The, the guy has an arm and he can run, but he's not a good, he, he doesn't have the sort of diagnostics of defenses that you need. Yeah. Um, 10 touchdowns versus nine picks just does not bode well in 
your second year at the helm of a team. And I think maybe it was a bit of freshman year surprise that got the Big Ten. Could have been. Um, those That five or six game stretch he had as a freshman. Um, teams figured him out. Or, again, he was playing mediocre to bad defenses in that stretch. And he lost his best receiver. Lost his best receiver. Lost his be- J.D. Spielman, J.D. Spielman. is yep. gone. Yep. And Transferred to TCU. Somehow, the odds makers in Vegas, who normally... I look to as a very good unbiased source of information because they have no reason. Their job is to be unbiased, right? Um, set him at 15th in the Heisman odds. I don't understand thinking he's the second best quarterback in the Big Ten. Well, it's surprising to me that he would be on that list and Tanner Morgan from Minnesota wouldn't be. You know, I mean, Tanner Morgan comes back, 11-win football team. A lot of those guys are back at Minnesota. Great I mean, core I, receivers. I know, yeah, I mean, I know that... Adrian Martinez was very impressive as a freshman. He was. He played very well in Ohio Stadium. Could have. They gave Ohio State a really good uh, test. That, yeah, that day. was a great game. Uh, you can't win if your quarterback is turning the football over in Scott Frost's offense that many times. Now he battled injuries a year ago. I will give him that. But I'm with you. The loss of J.D. Spielman takes away one of his top weapons. Um, maybe the descent of his success a year ago motivates him to have a better year this year. But I would not if I'm mean, the, the Vegas guys are not into dark horses. You know, they're into uh, in these odds at least presenting a realistic case of who's got a shot. I mean Tanner Morgan coming off an 11-win season throwing the football the way that he threw it at Minnesota with the weapons that he has at running back uh, is a much better choice in my view than Adrian Martinez. So I concur with you on that. Uh, so that's Andy's you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. Uh, my you can't handle the truth is sort of related to uh, my failed quest to find out details on this supposed uh, groundswell of protest in the Pac-12. I go to ESPN.com this morning to find out, all right, how many Pac-12 players are in on this? How many people signed this? Look, So the lead on the ESPN.com story says a group of players from several Pac-12 schools. Okay, so Andy, if you read a paragraph like that that said a group of players from several Pac-12 schools, uh, what bits of information would you hope to glean from succeeding paragraphs in that story? How many? Probably. Um, How many players? How many schools? Right? Yeah. We got 12 schools. I want to know how many players. I want to know where they're coming from. Nowhere in the story does it tell me. What sports even? How many players and how many schools? Yeah, I assumed they were all football players. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I did find out from the LA Times uh, that it was 13 players. Okay, so I look at a story a little bit different when it's 13 players than if it was 300 players. You know, 300 athletes in the Pac-12. Oh, now you got my attention. You know? 30 players on the Cal football team. Now you got my attention. But 13 players, you don't really have my attention. And I read and I read and I read, and I see that they've had conference calls with hundreds of players. They said hundreds. Well, my my question is like, well, if you got hundreds on the call and you're going to write a document and and call for 50% of the revenue, you know, good luck to you. Uh, a reduction in coaching salaries, good luck to you on that. All kinds of reform issues. Hey, look, you can ask for anything you want. I don't care. 
But if you got hundreds on the call and 13 sign the letter, my inclination is to say, maybe you don't have as powerful a coalition as you think you've got. Like if, if all these guys in the Pac-12 are behind this, which is certainly the tenor of the stories that I read online, oh, there's a player, there's a Pac-12 player. Why wouldn't they sign the letter? Is that a fair question to ask? Absolutely. I, you, are, are, you, are you in the... I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it, honestly, because like, I, I saw that story last night, and they were making out like it was hundreds of players. Hundreds were, of players. They've been on, on the call. So they're presumably, if they're on the call, they're informed, right? I mean, right. you'd be on the call they at least to get information. That it's a thing that they can sign, right? And yeah. yet only 13 have actually put pen to paper and said, we'll boycott if these things aren't met. And now, well, 13 football players isn't going to break a conference. If it was, you know, hundreds from multiple teams, then you're saying, okay, well, they're kind of holding the season hostage here. And I'm not trying to shill for the Pac-12. I'm just saying as a normal evaluator of any movement, I want to know how many people are a part of the movement. Right. Because you can get any movement to have one or two people. If you have 13 people, okay, I'd, my movement would have more power if I had hundreds of people. If I had hundreds of people on a conference call listening to my merits of the of my cause and I could only get 13 to own the letter and sign it. Now, I don't doubt that there are a lot of players that agree with the letter. But the fact that only 13 put their name on it is either it's one of two things. Either the gap between hundreds on the call and 13 indicates that a lot of players heard it and went, nah, not, not sure I want to get behind that. Or, and there is an or, that it's, at this point in time, poorly organized. Because if you have hundreds of guys who would have signed that letter, you better get their signatures on that letter because then it has more weight. So one way or the other, they've botched this in the initial stages. Doesn't mean that more people now are going to know about it because all these media people that we talked about seem to be against having college football are writing about it as if it's this united front in the Pac-12. 13 players in a 12-team conference doesn't tell me that it's a united front like it's being presented. The other thing is, did you see the list of demands? I did. I, They're ambitious. They are ambitious. I 50% of revenue yeah. distributed amongst athletes, and then they want coaches and administrators pay cut. These are things they want done before the fall season. Yeah, that's good. Good, uh, good timing to give them a month to work on that. Right. If you were making COVID-related demands, I could understand it, but <laughs> a month to redistribute all the wealth of the conference. Well, and it's to redistribute all the wealth, I believe, to the sports that are making the money, which would be two sports, which is football and men's basketball, which, you know, I mean, I get the whole mindset of we're making the money, we ought to share in the money. The problem they'll have is federal Title IX laws require, if not equal, then certainly a close to equal amount be spent on women's sports programs, or at least a, there's a percentage ratio. It used to be 60-40. You can't just give all the money to men's sports programs. That's a violation of federal Title IX statutes. So, you know, I, I don't expect players to know all these things, um, but I just, I was struck by, when I'm reading the ESPN.com story, and they started a group of players from several Pac-12 schools, I, I kept reading, scanning, really, not reading, but scanning like, okay, how many players, how many schools? And they never told me. And when they don't tell me, 
Because I'm thinking, if I read a lead paragraph that says 13 players from eight Pac-12 schools are against this, I'd be like, okay, so what? But if I read a paragraph, 350 players from eight Pac-12 schools, I'd be like, whoa, they got a lot of support for that. So I just think maybe it bears watching to see if it does have traction. I'm not sure it has a ton of traction. It's I, If it does gain traction, that'd obviously be an interesting dynamic and it has traction among media people. Yes. That I mean, it has. it's a story. We're kind of starved for stories yeah, right now. we are. Absolutely. So uh, by the time we meet Thursday, Andy, as we wrap up here on the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast, available at LandryFootball.com and on the Chris Landry Football channel on Twitch, go to the sports division of Twitch, find Chris Landry Football. As we wrap up, do you think by Thursday, they say five days, Big Ten, five days will make a determination before camps start supposed to start August the 7th. Today's the 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th. Thursday's the 6th. Friday, camps are supposed to start. Do you think we'll have a landmark announcement from the Big Ten by the time we meet back here Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern time? Landmark is in definite on whether we have a season We're moving or not. forward or we're not? No. Like one of those. I don't think it'll be a landmark. I think we'll see perhaps a schedule, a tentative schedule, but... Um, I don't. I don't think there will be any decision made yet. They're they've done everything they can to stall for time, and that's what canceling non-conference games does in the first place. So I, I think you'll see more waiting to see. Could be wrong. Hope I'm wrong. Hope we finally get a definitive answer on things. But now I, I think I think it'll be more stalling. Maybe a release of a schedule. Maybe something of that nature. Well, I'd like clarity. I would too. Be nice. I'd like football. That'd be even better. At if we could get both, <laughs> frankly, I'd, I'd come. Are up we going to be allowed to go to these games if I'd, they even have these games? Are I'd, we going to be allowed? I know we're not allowed to go as fans. Are we going to be allowed? Is our press credentials going to work? If they came out Wednesday and said we're going to have Big Ten football this year, I would come on and I would sing the Big Ten's praise. There we go. Thursday. We're going to have Andy sing the fight song. We're going to have Andy do cartwheels right here on the set of the Chris Landry <laughs> Football <laughs> Twitch channel. We'll have to clear space in the room. Coming up, top of the hour. All you Big 12 fans, Tyler McComas and Brad Kellner with In Defense of the Big 12. Later today, the Sports Web Pro Football Talk Show, Hard Count Football. Lock it in on LandryFootball.com to get all the Twitch TV lineup and all your latest information on the blogs, film breakdown, recruiting, high school football, you name it, we've got it. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 
18 plus.